someone that's going to be sharing with you, speaking with you uh, for her first time here in front of UAA Chi Alpha. She's spoken before uh, back at North Dakota State, but uh, Bree is going to be the speaker tonight. And, uh, and Bree, where are you at? Oh, yeah, come on up here, Bree. Come on up here. Give it up for Bree, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> well, they made signs for you. That's, wow. Oh, that's great. Oh, <laughs> that, that's, no one's ever made me a sign. No one's ever made, now, now, do not make a sign next week. All right, do not make a sign next week. I'm going to regret saying that. I guarantee it. Uh, all right, but anyways, before I hand the microphone off to Bree, I, want, I wanna, want you guys to know a little bit about her. Bree is from North Dakota and uh, was a part of Chi Alpha at North Dakota State University. And Bree was a freshman, I believe, right? Was that right? Uh, when, uh, when she decided to come to Alaska on a missions trip, a short-term missions trip to Barrow with a crazy guy named Steve. And, uh, and I was ministering there at the time and uh, leading short-term teams to Alaska during the summer. And Bree decided to come to Barrow, was brave enough to, to brave, uh, brave a trip to Alaska. And then the next year, God started to tug on her heart uh, to go to Alaska again. And she called me up and she said, Steve, is there any opportunities for me to serve in Alaska? And I said, well, figure that out. And uh, she ended up going out to uh, serve out, out in Bethel with a camp called Camp Hope. And uh, while she was there, she started uh, essentially driving boat up and down the Kuskokwim River, uh, taking kids to and from camp. And so uh, before you stands one of the most Alaskan women, uh, women I've ever met, all right? Uh, raise your hand if you've ever driven boat up and down the Kuskokwim. All right. Look around you. That's just a few. You are an Alaskan woman, my friend, all right? So uh, uh, Bree is new to Alaska, uh, but she is as Alaskan as they come. Uh, Alaska is in her blood. She loves Alaska, was called to be here, called to minister here. And uh, a crazy cool story about Bree is, uh, is that uh, essentially you, you just, the Midwest is very hard to leave, all right? I'm just going to say that. Uh, it's very hard to leave the Midwest. In fact, uh, very few people ever actually like get out of the bubble of the Midwest and, uh, and Bree, I admire the, the bravery that you have in your life uh, to say yes to the call of God, regardless of where it would take you, whether it would take you to uh, the edges of North Dakota or whether it would take you to the edges of Alaska. And uh, it is a delight to have you on staff with Chi Alpha. Uh, you were an answer to mine and Aaron's prayers uh, as we were praying for more harvesters to go into the, the harvest field. And uh, we are excited to have you share with us tonight. So please give it up for Bree. Thank you. Um, I just want to make a quick plug for small group. You guys, my small group made signs for me. They're awesome. If you don't have a small group, like you need to join one because they will be your number one fans. Um, literally, like they have signs that say that they love me. So it's awesome. So, you know, if you ever get the chance to speak in front of Chi Alpha, maybe your small group will have signs for you and it'll be great. Um, so tonight, 
we are starting a new series, new sermon series um, called Trajectory. Um, and what that is, is over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about uh, what it looks like to have trajectory in our lives and how to position ourselves in a way that we can get to where God is calling us. And we're going to start that off tonight um, by looking at where we are and how the position that we're in currently can lead the trajectory of our lives. So I just wanted to start um, by giving you a little glimpse of my childhood. Uh, so if you could put that picture up. Um, that's me and one of my sisters. So I'm on the left, and my sister Kelsey is on the right. Um, and as you can tell, um, mischief kind of runs in my face. Like, you can see it. Like, I was probably doing something I shouldn't have been doing. And that's, like, the story of my entire life. Like, I was probably doing something that I shouldn't have been doing and got away with it because I had a cute smile. So I, I just smiled all throughout my childhood every time I did something wrong. And it worked for a while, and then um, my parents caught on. But <laughs> one time, um, I just, okay, so throughout my childhood, I just wanted to do things to help my mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I loved helping her in any way that I possibly could. And my mom was painting the house one summer, and I was about three years old. And she was painting the house, and I wanted to help her, and she told me I couldn't, and I didn't like that. Um, so I decided I was going to help her anyways. And instead of painting the house, I chose to paint the car. Um, <laughs> yeah, I chose to paint the car. So I painted the passenger side of the car, and my mom was painting the house white, and the car was white. So I thought it would be a great choice. And I painted the whole passenger side of the car, and my mom didn't notice, you guys. She didn't notice for two days because <laughs> because we had to go to the grocery store, and she was putting me in the car seat, and she was like, something is weird about this door. And she noticed that, you know, like on the outside, there's like that black, like rubber piece that goes around the window. Um, I had painted it white, and I had been like pretty successful. So my, my mom wasn't super impressed with me, but I, I did a great job. And, I <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes we do the same thing with God, is that we want to do things to please him. We want to do things to honor him. We want to do things um, that we think that would bless him. Uh, but sometimes it's not the right thing. Sometimes it's not what he's asking us to do. And unlike my mom, um, God, it, uh, like, knows what we're going to do. Um, my mom knew what I was going to do to some extent, but God, like, actually knows, like, everything. Like, he knew that I was going to paint the side of the car. He knew that my mom wasn't going to be too happy about that. And I think sometimes we take what God is calling us to, or maybe we don't know, and we try to, to do something to honor him. But the cool thing about God is that he knows our hearts, and he redirects our hearts. And he says, I love that you want to bless me. I love that you want to honor me. Let me show you what that actually looks like. And that's so incredibly cool. So we're going to take a look at a piece of scripture, Acts 16. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 16. It's in the second half of your Bible, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul, is, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Persia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When he came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. So they passed by Mysia 
and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over at once, sorry, skip the line, come over to Macedonia and help. And Paul had seen the vision. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. We see here that Paul and his friends were traveling to a variety of places that I probably didn't pronounce right, but that's okay. And they, they were traveling to all of these places, and the spirit of Jesus stopped them. The spirit of Jesus prevented them from going. And then God redirects them by giving Paul this vision of the Macedonian men. And what I think is so cool is that Paul gets this vision, and then he and all his friends, like, recognize that, and they're like, that's from God, and then they start to go towards it. And that's just so awesome. They acted immediately, and that's something that we can do in our lives, too. And what's even more beautiful is the position of their hearts, is that that entire time, their only goal was to spread the gospel. Their only goal was to share what Jesus had done in their lives with other people. And I think it's beautiful when our hearts are in the right position because God will always redirect us where he wants us to go. When our hearts are in the right position, God will always redirect us where he wants us to go. When the posture of my heart says, God, I want to live my life in a way that is honoring to you, that is glorifying to you, he takes that and runs with it. He, he just loves that when we come to him and say, God, like, I just want to do what you want me to do. And he says, okay, I'm going to send you to all these awesome places. Okay, I'm going to ask you to sit by someone new in your class. I think that's for someone tonight that, that God is asking you to sit by someone new in your class, and you've rejected that. But that's okay because God's going to give you another chance next week. It's fine. You're in that class the rest of the semester, so go sit by someone new. God takes advantage of that when we open the posture of our hearts. But what does it look like to practically align our hearts with God's? What does it look like to practically align our hearts with God's? We need to understand what his heart looks like. When we understand the heart of God, we can move more easily towards him. When we understand God's heart, we can be more in alignment with his heart. If we don't know what God's heart looks like, how can we reflect it? So tonight we're going to dig into three keys to understanding God's heart. Three keys to understanding God's heart. In order to understand God's heart, we have to learn about it. And the first way we learn about it is by reading scripture. Reading scripture. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful, it says it's useful, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible in its entirety is important and helps us achieve heart alignment with God. This piece of scripture is saying that the whole Bible is useful in our lives so that we can become more like God. And when our hearts begin to drift away from God, we slowly get off track. When we stop reading 
the Bible, we slowly get off track, and it's kind of like the game telephone, where you like hear something, and then you hear something, and you hear something, and all of a sudden it's not what it was originally, and that happens with scripture, is that we remember what scripture says for a day, a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden we have this twisted version of scripture because we haven't actually read it in a long time. Reading scripture should be daily, just like we should sleep every day. I mean, I know we don't all get enough sleep. I'm guilty. We're all guilty of not getting enough sleep. And that's okay from time to time. But I want to tell you a story about my friend Lisa and I. Do you want to put that picture up? Um, this is my friend Lisa. Uh, last year in October, Lisa and I traveled to Washington, D.C., for this awesome conference. We were able to go to this worship conference and spend um, a lot of time getting lost. Uh, we flew into Baltimore and had to take a train into Washington, D.C., and we took the wrong train and got off at the wrong place and just a lot of chaos um, to start off our trip. And throughout the week, we um, finally got to our destination, I guess, but we had this incredible time, and it was awesome, and we, like, basically didn't sleep at all. And... We, we flew home, and I had to work the next day at 9, 9 a.m. I had to work. Actually, no, it was a Monday, so I had an 8.30 meeting instead because every Monday we had an 8.30 staff meeting. So I, I had to work at 8.30, and Lisa had class at 8, and we flew in to Minneapolis, which was about a four-hour drive from where we were living, and we flew in at 1 in the morning is when our flight landed, and we're like, all right, we've got to do it. Like, <laughs> we both have to be in school or work again tomorrow. So I, I drove the car, and I fell asleep while we were driving. <laughs> not a good thing, right? Like, that's not good at all. And uh, so we hit the, like, rumble strips, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's not good. And Lisa woke up, and she said, I think you should take a nap. <laughs> so we're 45 minutes away from my apartment. We're 45 minutes away, but we had to pull over and take a nap because I was not in a position to go through with the journey. And that happens in when we're reading scripture, too. If we don't have a full understanding, we're not always in position for the journey ahead. So we need to be intentional about reading scripture daily and understanding what it is so we're prepared for the journey. Just like our physical bodies require sleep, our spiritual bodies require scripture. And if we read that verse in 2 Timothy again, we see that the scripture is from God, and when we, when we understand it, we're equipped for what God is calling us to, and that is so powerful. That is so powerful. So the first key is reading scripture, and the second key is valuing prayer. valuing prayer. We talk about prayer a lot, whether that's in small group or at Chi Alpha or maybe at the church you attend. But I think Paul believed and understood the value of prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul wrote, pray continuously. It's as simple as that. Like if, if Paul didn't understand the value of it, I don't think he would have wrote that. Like if he didn't understand the value in prayer, I don't think that he would have wrote to never stop praying. But how often do we do that? 
How often do we stop praying? How often do we throw prayer to the wayside? If we genuinely valued prayer, we would pray. I know that's hard to hear. It's hard for me to say. (laughs) If we genuinely valued prayer, we would pray. But how often do we forget to pray or not understand its true value? So how many of you have been dumpster diving? Okay, a few of you, you don't, you don't have to raise your hands. That might be something embarrassing for you. Um, but it's not embarrassing for me. So it's something that I've done. And if you remember, um, Steve mentioned that I um, lived out in Bethel for a while working with Camp Hope. And one summer when I was out in Bethel, I was at the dump. I was looking for some pipe for a project we were working on at camp. And I'm like, driving the truck around the dump, looking for this pipe. And then I find the most glorious thing. Like, I was so excited, you guys. I found the most beautiful, brand new air compressor. And I know many of you are not excited about that, but I was very excited because I just found this, like, four or $500 air compressor in the dump for, like, no reason. I was like, what is going on? Why is this here? And we had just talked about how we needed to get an air compressor for camp. It's like, oh, Jesus knew, and somebody threw their air compressor away, so we took it. Um, (laughs) We brought it back to the house and plugged it in, and there's something wrong with, like, the power switch. Like, it has this button that turns it on and off, right? And the switch didn't work, so we just went to the hardware store, bought a new piece, replaced it. It was, like, $4 to fix it, right? And it was amazing, but I think... If the person who threw it away would have understood its value, they would have fixed it, right? And I think we do that with prayer, is that we don't understand the value of prayer, so we throw it away. We don't understand that it has significant value, so we toss it to the wayside, and we forget about it completely. If the person who had owned that air compressor would have taken a moment to open the owner's manual and look at all the pieces that went into it and just taken like five seconds to figure out that, oh, here's a $4 switch that I could fix. Like they would have saved themselves hundreds of dollars, but instead they threw this away and got a different one. And we do that with prayer is we, we pray and it doesn't work out the way that we thought it should. So we say, I don't need your prayer. And we throw it away instead of going back to scripture And using that as the owner's manual and saying, what does prayer actually look like? Am I praying the heart of God? Am I praying God's will for my life instead of my will for my life? I know I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that a lot. Like, oh, Jesus, help me do this thing. It's like, Jesus never wanted me to do that. I just wanted to do that. You know, and that happens over and over and over again in our lives where we throw prayer away or we think it's not as significant or as important as it is. And, and I think we just need to recognize its value, that we can talk about prayer all we want, but if we don't understand its value, it's, it doesn't work. When we recognize that prayer has a value and we aren't seeing the results we expect, we need to realign our prayers with what Scripture says about prayer in the way that God intended for it to be used. And when we pray, God refines our hearts. He takes all those broken, unattractive things that are in our hearts and turns them into valuable masterpieces that influence the kingdom 
of heaven. And I think when we recognize the true value of prayer, we participate in it regularly. When we recognize the value of something, we use it on a regular basis the way it was intended to be used. So what does that look like? That means going to prayer on Tuesdays. You know, like, there, there's a resource. Like, oh, I don't know how to pray. Well, go to prayer and someone will teach you. Like, ask your small group leader. Maybe you're a small group leader and you're like, I don't know how to pray. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a friend. Like, we want to help you. God wants you to grow. I want you to grow. It's okay if you don't know how to pray. Somebody's here to teach you. And that's okay. We all have to be taught how to do things once in a while. And we can't let our pride get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. Like, how often do we let our pride get in the way that, that we don't humble ourselves before God, we don't humble ourselves before our friends? That little tidbit was for free. Um, it's not actually part of what I was talking about, but you just take that if you needed it. Um, we need to recognize the value of prayer. So the, the three keys to understanding, one, reading scripture, two, valuing prayer, and three, pursuing vision. Pursuing vision. So we can take a second look at that piece of scripture in Acts 16. Paul has the vision of the Macedonian man, and in the vision, the man asks Paul to come and help, right? And in verse 10, I, I talked about it briefly at the beginning, but in verse 10, it's so powerful, and it says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. They understood the vision from God and began pursuing it. Paul and his friends understood what God was telling them and then chased after it right away. And how often do we allow that to just sit in our hearts or we put it on a shelf and we don't chase after what God's calling us to, what God's asking us. Maybe some of you were here last week and you're at the missions reveal and somebody was up here and they started talking about a missions trip and your heart started pounding. That is God putting a vision in your heart to go on that missions trip. Sign up. Sign up right now. I don't care if you take out your phone and sign up. I want you to go on a missions trip. So <laughs> do it. Sign up for that missions trip that you were just so excited about or got really nervous about where you're like, oh, no, I hope they don't look at me. They're going to see into the depths of my soul and know that I have to go. Like, just go on the trip. Like, God is calling you to go, and he'll provide every single penny that you're worried about. He's got it. Don't worry about it. So Paul and his friends, they understood the vision from God and began pursuing it. And vision from God isn't always a literal vision like what Paul had. Sometimes it's that prompting in our hearts like I was talking about. Your heart just starts racing about something. Or you have like a weird thought that you like normally wouldn't have. Like, I think somebody has a broken leg. That's weird. Like, go pray for them. Like, God wants you to pursue that. Sometimes... God is prompting us to do things, and we don't recognize that that's what he's calling us to. So maybe God is calling you to go on a missions trip. Maybe he's asking you to join a small group. Or maybe he's prompting you to make him the Lord of your life. Whatever vision God is giving you, it's vital that you pursue it. If we truly trusted God with our futures, why wouldn't we do what he's asking you know, like if I trust God with the vision that he's given me, why wouldn't I pursue it? 
Because if I trust him, then he's going to bring that thing to its fullest capacity, right? Like, if God is a God who is trustworthy, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. So it falls on me not trusting him. Sometimes we allow our insecurities to become God's identity. Sometimes we allow our insecurities to become God's identity, and that's not true because God never violates his character. God is perfect. And he'll fulfill every part of the plan that he has for you if you just pursue the vision that he's given you. And I want to invite the worship team back up. So to recap, there's three keys to understanding God's heart. The first one, reading scripture. Let's read scripture daily. Let's allow it to be a part of our daily lives. Let's understand the value of prayer and pray on a regular basis. And let's pursue the vision that God has given us. When we have an understanding of God's heart, it's easier for our hearts to change and become aligned with his. When we have an understanding of God's heart, it's easier for our hearts to change and become aligned with his. There was a time in my life when my heart was very hardened towards God. The trajectory of my life was not headed towards a good place. You see, when I was getting ready to go to college, my, my sister Kelsey that I showed you a picture of, um, she passed away in an ATV accident. And that was something that hardened my heart to God. It hardened my heart to people. It just, it, it put me on this course to go as far away from God as possible. And I stepped on campus at North Dakota State, and I had no intentions of getting involved with Pi Alpha. I didn't even know what it was. And I was walking through the union, and Pi Alpha had a contact table, and um, this girl who is now now a Pi Alpha pastor in Iowa, Alyssa, she, she pulled me into the table, and she said, hey, you should fill out one of these contact cards. So I did, because I was like, she's nice, I guess. I'll talk to her later, like, I don't know. Uh, so I filled out a contact card, and and I got plugged into a small group. And when I was in small group, the, the girls that surrounded me, they began to show me what it was like to have a heart like God's heart. They, they encouraged me to read scripture. They showed me what it was like to pray and to value prayer. And they encouraged me to act on the things that God was calling me to. My freshman year of college, I, I was on the trajectory to be um, one of the girls that, that just drank her life away. <laughs> and praise God that that didn't happen and that he got a hold of my heart that very first day I was on campus. And I had no opportunity to to be in the darkness of the campus because I was immediately surrounded by people who loved Jesus. And they encouraged me and they changed my my attitude and my heart and they they showed me what God's heart looks like. And 
you all have that opportunity too. Each and every one of us has the same opportunity to begin that process of understanding what God's heart looks like so that we can be positioned for the purpose that he has for us. If you could all bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to start utilizing one of those three keys to understanding God's heart. I just want you to respond by raising your hand that that just signifies to God that you're ready to take whatever next step that looks like. I'm going to pray for you in a moment, but I have a second question. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus or you've had one in the past, but you've let it fall away and that's something that you want and you want to rededicate or dedicate your life to Jesus. Could you raise your hand? Is there anybody else? you to pray in your hearts. God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I understand that my sin has separated me from you, but today I want to accept that free gift that that you give me through your son Jesus, who came and died on the cross and was raised again so that I could have eternal I acknowledge that you, Jesus, are my Lord and Savior, and I want to commit my life to you. Forgive me of my sins and restore me and change me into the person that you've created me to be. Now I'm going to pray over that first question. God, there are many of us here that want to take that next step with you. We want to begin walking in those ways of understanding your heart. Lord, I pray that each and every person in this room would begin to understand your heart in a new way and that you would speak to their hearts and that you would allow us to grow deeper with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take a few moments to worship and reflect, and I encourage you, if you um, had a tug on your heart for, for anything that was in the message tonight, I encourage you to go to the back. There's going to be people available for prayer. And we just want to pray with you. We want to have that opportunity to speak with you. And if you um, dedicated your life to Jesus this week, I just encourage you to talk to Steve or Aaron or myself. We would all love to connect with you and help you with those next steps. Uh, We'll be back up in a moment to close.